0: On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and happy to have you here on this Friday, July sixteenth, and this is the final show of our summer schedule. So, starting next week. We are coming back five days a week. Very excited to get back to the daily grind with you guys. And we are continuing our coverage of the Giants 2021 opponents. We've been doing that for the last few uh few weeks, last few shows, I should say. And today we have uh David Harrison, who we had on the show Wednesday. He was previewing the Bucks for us since he's co-host of Locked on Bucks. Well, he's also the co-host of Locked on Washington Football and he is here to help us break down the Giants' NFC East division rival Washington football team and a team that could be, along with the Giants and the Cowboys, an NFC East contender. You know, Washington, of course, much, much improved. But anyway, David, welcome to the program. So glad to have you.
0: I appreciate you having me on, Patricia. Looking forward to it.
1: As am I. And David, we've got to start with the elephant in the room when it comes to the on-field stuff, and that is the quarterback situation. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been signed to be the the presumed starting quarterback. And we say presumed because when we record this show, obviously training camp has not taken place yet and anything can happen as we've all learned. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has a career record as a starting quarterback of 59, 86, and one. Not a very good record. Is Washington really serious about going into the season with them, with him as their starter? Or are they on the lookout for maybe another option?
0: You know, at this point in time, Patricia, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy going into training camp expected to be the starting quarterback. And really, you know, Coach Rivera is going to say that it's an open competition and that anything can happen. And and while those things are true, I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's job to lose. I don't think uh, that Taylor Heineke, who's the, who's presumed to be the guy that's probably going to nab that, that backup job. Uh, I don't think he can just do enough, you know, with the opportunities given to show that he can outplay Ryan Fitzpatrick on the field. I think Ryan is going to have to go out. And have a fairly poor training camp you know a couple preseason appearances and stuff like that in order to lose this game or lose this position before the season even gets started now once the year gets going you know especially with the upgrades they've made on the roster you know i don't say all bets are off necessarily ron is, is a guy who kind of likes to stick to his guns as far as who his quarterback is but you know he's just like every other head coach in the nfl if there's a belief that maybe the backup can come in and do some better things they'll go to it but this isn't, you know, the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick comes after the team did try and I don't want to say fail, but you know, maybe they just didn't want to you know, bid as highly as some other teams did for guys out there like Matthew Stafford. And there's some rumors on the wins that they were involved in some conversations for some other quarterbacks. And there was even some thought that maybe they would be interested in moving up if, say, Justin Fields or someone like that fell far enough or Trey Lance fell far enough that it would make it a reasonable cost for them to move up for a quarterback, not have to mortgage the entire future. But at the end of the day the way that if the the board falls and the way that the free agency period went and the trades that did happen, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best guy left on the market after they decided to move on from Alex Smith. And, you know, his record is what his record is and I think anybody would tell you that that's, you know, whether it's from a team standpoint or a player standpoint, right. wins and losses aren't supposed to be quarterback stats, but we all know that they are. You know, Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl winner. Whether you believe the defense carried him or not, it just it, it's going to go on his resume because he's the quarterback. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, on the flip side of that coin, has got to own that negative uh, that negative record. But really, I've kind of taken the stance, Patricia, that this is the best roster I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has ever led on a football team. And I think this is the best opportunity Ryan Fitzpatrick has had to lead a good roster. You go back to the Buccaneers, and when he got the opportunity to start while Jameis Winston was suspended, with what it does turn out to be is actually a, a rather uh, built roster because a lot of those players are still with the Super Bowl team that just won with Tom Brady he wasn't really the starter. You know what I mean? Like everybody knew when it came time, Jameis Winston was going to take over as a starting quarterback. So it wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick's job. It was the job that he was babysitting while Jameis was serving his suspension. So this is a little bit of a different dynamic and I'm looking forward to seeing what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do now that I believe he's got a playoff weapon or playoff vehicle around him to see how he can lead them and what he can do on the field.
1: Now I say this because, um, And this would apply to the Giants as well. So I'm not singling out Washington per se, but I've always believed that teams that are in their first year under a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, even if those, those guys have coached elsewhere, that they can catch other teams off guard. That said, when you look back at Washington's first season under Ron Rivera, were you, Surprised at what what they put out on the field? Did you see a lot of what they put out, maybe in Carolina, or did you see him kind of change things up a little bit to where he was able to catch some teams off guard?
0: Yeah, I think you you saw a little bit of the the classic Ron Rivera style of football that you know that I've been so used to watching uh, during his time with the Carolina Panthers. You know, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as long as I have, but then you also saw kind of the other side of the first year coaching dynamic which is a coach and a coaching staff really that's kind of getting the feel of their roster and getting used to the guys that they have and kind of playing around a little bit here and there with okay what does this guy work well here does he work well there Uh, and then you have the whole dynamic of the quarterback situation going on with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith and everything else that went there and then some injuries across the roster as well even to you know their young star Chase Young who was dealing with some injuries early on and, and everything else so It was a little bit of a mixture of both. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously without the problems that the other teams in the the NFC East were dealing with without Dak Prescott going out, without the Giants kind of having some of the issues they've had to deal with without the Eagles uh, continuing kind of their downfall since their Super Bowl season, obviously Washington doesn't make it to the playoffs last year. And and Ron Rivera kind of mentioned that during the lead up to the postseason that nobody expected them to be there. They weren't quote unquote supposed to be there. They kind of stumbled into the playoffs. uh, More of a team in the playoffs and they were a playoff team, if that makes sense. And he, he said they're playing with house money. You know what I mean? You can't lose because you're playing free. Um, and to a certain extent, there was some truth behind that. But at the same time, now you have another year and you've seen some moves get made. They've, they've, they've lost some players. They've let some players walk. You know, Ryan Kerrigan is probably one of the bigger, you know, emotional ones. And then he goes to a division rival. That just kind of comes with the habit or the pattern of knowing the roster now and Ron Rivera having an idea of who he wants to take forward with him who he doesn't want to take forward with him so he can start to build this team in his mold. And really, you start to see it is It's starting to take shape, not just because there's some former Panthers joining the roster, but just the style of play, the smaller, faster running backs, the smaller, faster type of wide receivers really kind of try to kill you with speed, but then also a defense that's hard nose tough, and is going to try to get after the quarterback.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about the Washington offensive line, specifically the offensive tackles. Um, Last year, Cornelius Lucas, I believe, finished out the year at left tackle. Uh, This year, um, Sam Cosme, I believe, was a draft pick. You signed Charles Leno. Um, I think you have some question marks over on the right side. How do you see the offensive tackles shaking out for the Washington football team?
0: I mean, my, my expectation is it'll be Charles Leno Jr. On the left side, it'll be Cornelius Lucas on the right side to start off the season. Sam Cosme, you know, second round draft pick. Uh, you know, hopefully you see some good things out of him. Washington hasn't had a whole lot of luck in the second round of NFL drafts, um, but hopefully you see some good things out of him. But I think having that year or maybe even two years if it's necessary uh, to kind of learn, grow, be a backup player, be in the meeting rooms, learn how to be a professional, and kind of grow into that NFL mentality of, of playing offensive line is going to help. I think that the offensive line is better than I think a lot of other people do. We were actually just talking on Locked On Washington football team podcast, Chris and I, about the fact that at PFF, when they put out their roster rankings, they had the watch football team 12th overall, which was actually a little bit higher than we expected them to have them. Uh, but they said their weakness was the offensive line and kind of cited a lot of the, 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 the missing pieces from last year. Some of the uncertainty with at right guard with their best lineman and Brandon Scherf, who, you know, he's their best guy, but it, he does, he doesn't seem to be a long-term part of their plan. And he's also got an injury history as well. The new pieces that tackle like you were talking about. So while it, it looks like a solid unit on paper, we all know that's five guys playing as one and with so many new pieces and with so many things kind of up in the air as far as futures are concerned and who's going to play where and, and is anybody going to switch sides or anything like that? It's going to be interesting to see how they they mold together, especially during training camp because I think that right there, as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of the X factor uh, for this Washington football team offense, you, you know as well as I do, if your offensive line can't come together and protect your quarterback or, or help support your running game, and your offense is already starting behind the eight ball.
1: All right. So far, great stuff from David. And we have a lot more coming up on the Washington football team. But first, folks, let me tell you about Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And when you open an account and use our special promo code LOCKED ON. You will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your sportsbooks experts. All right, Giant fans, we are talking with David Harrison. He is the co-host of the Locked On Washington football team, and he is giving us all the lowdown, everything we need. To know about the Washington football team as they head into year two under head coach Ron Rivera. And David, when you look at the Washington skill players, you know, Terry McLaurin, obviously a, a stellar player, um, a tight end, Logan Thomas, you guys signed him. Um, and then let's see, at running back, you have uh, Antonio Gibson. Three guys that, you know, I think can make some noise, but what about behind those guys? Are you concerned with any of the areas, receiver, tight end, running back, and and or or maybe is that group you know the collective group is is it underrated at this point?
0: Uh, I think I think underrated is is depends on who you're talking to. You know, a lot of people uh, outside the NFC East don't really look at the roster and think that there's much of it. Everybody pretty much expects the Dallas Cowboys to come back with Dak Prescott, run away with the NFC East. I'm sure Giants fans aren't as happy with that as much as uh, watch Football Team fans aren't happy about it. And so I think from that aspect, you know, if if there's this expectation, the Dallas Cowboys are just head and shoulders above any other team in this division. I think there is an underrated factor there. Uh, Curtis Samuel, not only does he have some upside potential himself, but he knows this system. He knows what the watch football team offense is going to try to do. And I, I look at him as a guy that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come in very early with, learn a little bit more help to kind of speed up that learning curve of the new offense, but then also lean on him a little bit and trust him a little bit more than maybe some of these other guys to be where you're supposed to be. Terry McLaurin, like you mentioned, has already kind of been proving himself. Diami Brown is a guy that everybody's incredibly excited for, can get downfield, can make some some better catches. Adam Humphreys uh, is, a short, is a short field expert. You know the, the big question surrounding him is going to be health. And then even Jarrett Patterson, I mean, he, he's a really good story and, and a feel-good story for training camp, and we see those every year. But Jarrett Patterson is a guy that – you know, if he takes the coaching well, and and if he if he performs the way that the coaches are kind of confident he could, he's a guy who could potentially make some noise and find himself not only on the active roster but in the mix a little bit as far as the game planning uh, circumstances are are going to go. And then they have made some upgrades at the tight end position to try to get deeper, try to get better there, not just rely on Logan Thomas. I think I would probably say that's where they're the least they had the least amount of depth as far as skill position is at the tight end position. But with their receiving crew going about three, four, five receivers deep. Uh, especially with the return of Kelvin Harmon. I think they're, they're set up pretty well to be very versatile, to be able to face whatever defense they're facing and, and try to exploit their weaknesses.
1: You're listening to the Locked on Giants podcast with Patricia Trena and special guest, David Harrison. He is the co-host of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, and we are breaking down the Washington football team. Of course, one of the Giants' NFC East division rivals, so they will see them twice next year, or this year, I should say, 2021. And David, let's turn to the defense, and I want to start with Chase Young. And uh, he had a a pretty good rookie season, but where did you think, you know, when the season ended last year, what did you think he could improve?
0: I think like a lot of young pass rushers, Chase Young is a guy that, through his rookie season, very good on his own, right? But he also showed that he wasn't a guy that could be the focal point of the opposing game plan and still disrupt everything they're trying to do. So he, he, and let me clarify that a little bit. So I saw this a little bit while he was at Ohio State as well with the Buckeyes defense. Teams would come in facing Ohio State's defense. They would basically overload on Chase Young's side, either double him, chip him, or chip him and double him, whatever they needed to do to keep Chase Young quiet. And it worked. It, it worked to keep him quiet. And, and a lot of times you say, okay, that, that's fine because while you're, while you're double teaming him, you're freeing up opportunities for other people. The problem is Chase Young is the guy you want freeing up for those opportunities. Guys like Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen, they're just not going to get to the quarterback as quickly as you know, an edge rusher is going to or supposed to. And in the National Football League, you can't expect a quarterback to hold on to the ball for three, three and a half, four seconds waiting for one of those big interior guys. The big interior guys are supposed to be your block eaters so that your faster guys off the edge can get in there. Everybody knows that. So that's where I want to see Chase Young get better this year. Is and, and I don't want to say that he didn't do it at all last year. It's just when you're looking at a guy who's supposed to be a top 10 edge rusher in the National Football League, according to a lot of people in the National Football League, those top 10 guys, they can do that. They can set up the double team to, to confuse a guy, to get one guy to run into another. Whatever you need to do, if you're going to be a top-tier edge rusher in this game, you can't ever have that game where you say, well, they just double teamed me and focused on me all day. That's why I was quiet. The top guys in this league get that attention, get those double teams, they still find a way to be disruptive, whether it's just a strip sack, because all you could get is a paw through there. You got to find a way to get something in to still be impactful in the game, not just eating blocks as an edge rusher.
1: Now, speaking of edge rushers, um, you mentioned before you lost Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, Ryan Anderson signed with the Giants as a free agent. You have a lot of, I think, young or unproven guys or some young veterans and then in there and whatnot, who are some of the names to, to keep an eye out for to step up and maybe produce like a Kerrigan or, or an Anderson did in the past, maybe not on that same level per se, but on a somewhat consistent basis.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Montes wet is a guy that, you know, of that front four that gets a lot of praise. I think he's the name that probably gets the least amount of praise. So he's a guy that hopefully is going to come in and take advantage of maybe being a little brother amongst you know the four guys up there and take advantage and kind of show the league that, hey, you need to pay attention to me too. Hopefully he's using that, not not so much in a negative light, but as a little bit of motivation to say, hi, I'm here too, and I'm, I'm worthy of your attention. Matt Ioannidis coming back from injury is, is going to be huge for that defensive front. James Smith-Williams, uh, I was excited about him coming out of the NFL draft, I Me mean, a late-round guy, but as excited as you can get for a late-round guy, very excited for him coming out of North Carolina. He's done well. He should be on the roster. Uh, Chris Russell, my co-host over there at Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, is very excited to see what James can do. And then uh, Shaka Tony, uh, out of Penn State, drafted this year, another seventh round guy. He really turned some heads in OTAs, rookie camps, and, and Grand. We see guys turn heads, you know, early in, in the off season all the time, and then they kind of fade into nothing. So we'll see how that happens at training camp in the preseason. But if he can kind of build off of that momentum he has there, then Shaka Tony is definitely a guy uh, that we're also looking forward to seeing. And then. Jamin Davis in OTAs in a rookie camp playing the Mike linebacker role. Really what that's going to do is is give him the opportunity to learn every single assignment. He's setting the entire defense. He's adjusting the entire defense. So whether they keep him at Mike or they move him to the weak side, which is what we kind of expect is he'll probably start on the weak side. He's going to know every role on the defense. He's going to know where everybody is, no matter the coverage. And that was a brilliant move, I think, by Jack Del Rio, really giving this rookie kind of the reins there in the beginning, giving him that full look of the defense. because. To me, that middle part of the defense, that, that linebacker group, that is the weak spot on this defense. So if Jamin Davis, a first-round talent, first-round pick, can come in and get a little bit of an acceleration on his education, then it makes him a little bit better because, honestly, Patricia, I think that's where we're going to have the biggest hole in the defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if this team, the watch football team, is drafting another linebacker in the first round or even as early as the second round in next year's draft. But for this year's group, having Jamin Davis start off as the mic making those adjustments is going to be huge for for what they do in 2021. All
1: right, Giant fans, still much more coming up with David Harrison, co-host of Locked on Washington Football. But first, if you're looking for a part for your car or truck, check out rockauto.com's extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business that has served auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They offer brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices, and they ship right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and folks before we get back to our interview with david harrison don't forget if you're looking for a healthy delicious treat to satisfy your sweet tooth check out built bar available in nut and nut free varieties built bar has nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited time offering which right now is chocolate mint grasshopper each built Bar flavor not only tastes good, but it's the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth with a high protein, low calorie, and low sugar treat. Visit BiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, we are talking with David Harrison, co-host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, does a great job, along with Chris Russell, who also... Uh, covers the Washington football team for locked on. And let's get back to our conversation. And David, now what about a cornerback? I know you guys have uh, Kendall Fuller as a starter. I believe William Jackson is your other starter, but who's your nickelback?
0: Yeah, so for for those, so that's going to be interesting. So Benjamin St. Juice, third round draft pick, you got Jimmy Moreland out there who was is, who is given credit as being one of the better uh, kind of interior defense or defenders in the, in the secondary. Uh, Landon Collins, his role, Jeremy Reeves, what he's going to do, Troy Apke is kind of shifting to cornerback. So that's really kind of the hotbed of training camp battles that we're going to look for. I think, you know, the players you mentioned, Kendall Fuller, uh, I think his spot and William Jackson III, their spots are pretty much set. Uh, Cam Curl, we know that he's going to be a contributor. We know he's going to be a starter, but he's got some free safety abilities. He's got some strong safety ability. I like him better at strong safety. So, you know, that's where I kind of believe he's going to go. Then Landon Collins, more of that free safety role. He's already said He's not moving to linebacker. You know, we'll we'll see what happens when when the pads go on and the coaches make their decisions. But Jimmy Moreland, I think, is is your is your favorite to be your nickel up front uh, at first, and then Benjamin St. Juice is kind of that guy that he's shown some versatility inside. out. I like him better outside, but I also kind of like him a little bit as a free safety. So there's it's a good problem to have. But the watch football team, they've got a lot of secondary pieces outside of Fuller. And William Jackson the third, they've got to figure out how they're going to organize that group. But no matter how they do it, they've got versatility across the board.
1: Now let's talk quickly about the draft class. Who are some of the names that really excite you, and and what do they bring to either the offense or the defense, whatever position it is that they play?
0: Yeah, Benjamin St. Juice is my favorite pick of the entire class, and 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 honestly, you know all. All, all clarity or all, you know, uh, transparency. There, when I went down to Mobile this year for the Senior Bowl, he was the first guy. Like I walked, walked up to the, you know, to the end of the, of the bleachers on the first day of practices, and, and that team just happened to be out there and was watching them run through drills. And Benjamin St. Juiced is the first guy that jumped off the field to me because he's got size, he's got length, he's got enough speed to be able to stay with NFL wide receivers. But What really impressed me is watching him through a series of reps. Is he won every single rep? in a different fashion he won physically he won by positioning his body uh, between the receiver and the ball he won by high pointing the ball he made a really great one-handed interception got both feet down which you know was huge coming from the college game and then being there in mobile day one of practice already showing the footwork shows all the coaches scouts and attendants and the media members that not only does he have the the athletic ability but he's already been putting in the work to make sure he was ready for his interview you know what i mean so to me, that's great, and, the, and it's really just shown through rookie camp uh, and, and through the OTAs. And then De'Ami Brown. I mean, obviously, Jamin Davis, the first-round pick, is going to get a lot of love. He's gotten a lot of love for, up from us, but diami Brown as well, a third-round pick, another guy uh, from, from day two there. I, I really am looking forward to seeing what he's going to do because as a fourth receiver, potentially fifth receiver, depending on how Kelvin Harmon does, he's the guy that may not get a lot of burn in this offense, but when he gets on the field, defenses, if they don't know what he's capable of, or how this team is going to use them, they can find themselves getting burnt. I kind of look back to the Green Bay Packers and not being prepared for Scotty Miller on the perimeter there at the end of that first half of the NFC championship game. De'Ami Brown is the kind of guy that if he steps on the field and that opposing defense isn't aware of what he's capable of doing, they can find themselves in a very bad situation really quickly.
1: Now, I don't know how closely you followed what the giants have done. You know, usually we try and keep up with the other teams and whatnot, but, based on what you know as of today of the giants personnel they upgraded obviously the receiver core they upgraded the defensive backfield they tried to upgrade the pass rusher but uh, the que- the question mark for the giants right now is the offensive line still you know that they feel good about it but i know a lot of people outside of the building think that is the big weak link right now until they show otherwise that being said what matchup be it a player versus a player or a unit versus a unit, uh, intrigues you most about you know the upcoming games between Giants and Washington?
0: So I don't want to say Kenny Galladay because I feel like that's cheating, right? Kenny Galladay, obviously the, the crown jewel, I think, of that offseason for the New York Giants, um, a brilliant pickup for them. So I'm going to go with Kadarius Toney. Uh, because I, I love Kadarius Toney. I love the attitude he brings to the field, not just the talent he brings to the field, but kind of like you were talking about and going into the depth of the Washington secondary Kadarius Tony is another guy that you know. Jack Del Rio is going to be well aware of what Kadarius is is able to do on a football field, but can they match up properly and can they get the right scheme and, and the right fit there on defense to make sure that he doesn't do uh, you know an immense amount of damage? Oh, by the way, while Kenny Galladay is out there, while Darius Slayton is out there, while you know Saquon Barkley is out there, hopefully he can stay healthy because he's you know best running back in the league as far as I'm concerned when he's healthy. Um, that's the guy I think that. If if you can't find a way to contain him, I mean, I, I think the Giants just just go back to the well over and over and over again and basically just kill you with that piece of poison because you can't figure out what to do. But what I really like about what the New York Giants have done is this is the Daniel Jones year. And, and I've heard some of your episodes, uh, Pat, so I, I know that you're kind of on the same tip. I think everybody's pretty much on the same. Like, Daniel Jones, this you're going to prove that you can be the quarterback of the future this year or you're going to prove that you're not the quarterback of the future. And... And I love the fact that, yeah, there, there's some some suspects, some some curiosity about the offensive line. But I think overall, the New York Giants have done a really good job about, of putting a really good roster around Daniel Jones. So if he can't make it happen and help put this whole thing together, secure the ball, do the things that they need to do to put his team in a position to win, I think it gives the Giants franchise a clear picture of how they need to move forward with or without him. And if it's with him, then he's going to rise to the occasion and show that the New York Giants have something very good built for the next you know five to eight years minimum. If it's without him, you've got a very good nucleus of players with Galladay, Slayton, Barkley, Tony, all these guys that you can now bring in. Whether it's a veteran through trade next year, maybe a Russell Wilson, or it's a draft pick, whoever you bring in to play quarterback is going to have a very good vehicle to drive in New York. So I like what the Giants have done far and away. I think they're they're the probably the best, the most improved team in the NFC East.
1: I'll tell you what if it's uh, if Daniel Jones doesn't step up for whatever the reason. It's going to be miserable by the time you and I get back on the phone to do our crossover shows again, because, you know, giant fans, they are so, I don't want to say used to, to the losing because you never want to say that you're used to the losing, but it has been a rough, rough decade for the giant fans since that 2011 super bowl championship team, which by the way, celebrates its 10th anniversary this year. So uh it's been a long time, but Hey, it's playoffs or bust for the giants and, Historically, they've done well against Washington. I don't know what it is why they they seem to have washington's uh number but i i I don't remember how many games in a row they've won, but it's been several
0: yeah i mean it it's just it's one of those routes. and you look at you know uh, I also covered the Buccaneers. I know we're gonna talk about them for another episode of yours, but I mean, no matter what the Atlanta Falcons, it doesn't matter if the Atlanta Falcons are the worst team in division. I know a lot of people would expect them to say New Orleans Saints, but really the New Orleans Saints thing has just been with the rise of the New Orleans Saints, but it doesn't matter. You know, I Mike Glennon could be quarterbacking the Atlanta Falcons, and that's still going to be a competitive game, no matter who you put out there. So it's just something about it. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the Giants kind of have that same mystique about them, but now not only do they have that mystique, but they have the makings of a very good roster. Um, again, even on the defensive side, I mean, Aziz Ojolari, getting him in the second round. is just, is amazing. You're not going to get a talent like that uh, in the yeah. second most years. So, I mean, very good moves by them. And so, I don't have to tell Giants fans to stay loyal because they're Giants fans for a reason. But, you know, I, I think Giants fans, I think the loyalty and the testing that the, the franchise has been putting putting you guys through is is about to pay off, if not this year, very, very soon.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed on that. I think I think you're right, though. I think brighter skies are ahead for the New York Giants and their fans. And you're right. They are loyal. They're also some of the best fans in sports. And, you know, it's going to be really exciting to welcome all the fans back in stadiums after, you know, basically sitting in empty stadiums, which was really, really weird. But um, I'm glad to see that that is, you know, that we're kind of getting back to normal and uh, hopefully everybody stay safe. David, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Tell everybody listening where they can find you and what you got coming up on your shows.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned co-host a lot on Washington Football Team Podcast with Chris Russell uh, on Twitter. I'm at D 82 I talk all sports, not just Washington, not just Tampa. So I mean I, I'm I'm a sports guy, period. Chris Russell, he's he's a DMV legend. Uh, so some Giants fans may already know who he is and love him or hate him. Uh, the rooster over there at WrestleMania 621 on Twitter as well. Um, And he also covers Washington football team for sports illustrated. So you can also always find uh, whatever slander he's doing over there versus, you know, against the New York giants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a good dude. I've, I've spoken with Chris many times, really good dude. So anyway, David, thank you so much for the time and giant fans. Again, we will be back to five shows a week starting next week. We still have a lot more previews to roll out. Um, we've got the, Panthers, we've got the Bears. Uh, We're we're winding down, folks, um, on these previews. And then, of course, we will start getting you ready for Giants training camp, which opens up on July 27th. And we'll also look to get a mailbag done at some point, maybe towards the end of the week. I'll put the details in the show notes. If you want to check that out and participate in the mailbag, you're welcome to do so. For David Harrison, I am Patricia Train. Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you on. On Monday.